Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week. And man alive, is it going to be some kind of week. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And in fact, I've posted some really great stuff uh, up there recently, including a segment I did recently on Fox and Friends about the move away from the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency and how absolutely dangerous that is. We'll talk about it on this show as well. But I posted the full clip, which went viral. I mean, it went everywhere. Somebody posted the clip a couple of days ago, and Elon Musk replied to the clip. So the clip itself is now up on my Instagram, and you guys can please go check it out. You need to learn what is happening. Again, we will cover it on this show at a later point. Uh, But that clip is up there on Instagram along with some other good stuff. Also, Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. And by email, I can be reached at Podcast at gmail.com. All right, this week, we are all over this Trump indictment farce. Donald Trump arrived in New York City today. He is going to be arraigned tomorrow, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, no handcuffs, because apparently the handcuffs are a bridge too far for these communists. No perp walk either, which is another bridge too far, but they are going to print him and photograph him. So will we see a mugshot tomorrow? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But it will certainly be the most publicized, the most famous mugshot probably in the history of the world. And as I said on Friday, if I were Trump, I would flash those pearly whites, show no fear, show absolute defiance, show that you are not bothered by this whatsoever. And all of this, of course, is rocket fuel for his 2024 election. In fact, guys, I don't know if you've seen this, but his poll numbers are through the roof. 
Donald Trump is pulling away from the Republican pack. He is now 30 points ahead of his nearest competitor, who would be the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, who hasn't even declared that he's running yet and may not. Who knows? But Trump is running a good 30 points ahead, and it doesn't matter what poll you're looking at. This whole episode, this whole spectacle has done the impossible, which has turned Donald Trump into a sympathetic figure. And they're going forward. And apparently, you know, the others, the other investigations are ongoing. And it looks like Donald Trump could be hit with two more, three more indictments. Who knows? But I'm telling you right now that this pile on, which has been happening since June of 2015, when he came down the golden escalator, this particular pile on by DAs and the Department of Justice is only going to redound to his benefit. Now, if they put him in prison, that's a different dynamic completely, okay? All bets are off in that case. But as it stands right now, with this weakest sauce case, which doesn't even involve a real crime, but the others as well, the pylon is only going to benefit him. If he's 30 points ahead now, he'll be 40 points ahead, 50 points ahead. It'll be such a blowout that the others will just fall by the wayside give up their campaigns, unless they're waiting it out to see if he goes to jail. I don't know, but we have never seen a dynamic like this in American politics or in American history. It is fascinating. It is outrageous. And I can tell you right now that the rest of the week, we're going to blow this apart from every angle, including in ways that you may not have heard before. This is a huge tipping point for our country. And it deserves real attention on what is actually going on here. So I am telling you right now, on Wednesday on the show, we're going to blow this whole thing wide open. Wednesday's show is a show you are not going to want to miss. You shouldn't miss any of the Monica Crowley podcast, any of our shows. But I'm telling you that this is a seminal moment for the country, and we are going to be all over this on Wednesday, the rest of the week, and going forward on this show. Also this week, it is Passover and Holy Week. So later in the week, we're also going to keep our eyes on him. Him with a capital H. With a very special show, with a very special guest. Sometimes we need a reminder of who's really in charge especially as we deal with this spiritual war we're in. So big, big shows coming up. And actually today I had a bunch of stuff prepared on the new fascism that's happening in the country, but I'm going to hold that stuff for later in the week because today I want to do deep dive into the culture war with a true culture warrior princess. An absolutely spectacular woman and a fierce culture warrior. Carrie Prejean Bowler is a proud Christian, devoted wife and mom, author, and founder of The Battle Cry. She's also a former Miss California and Miss USA first runner-up. She is beautiful inside and out. I've been an admirer of hers for a very long time, and I'm just so happy that she's with us today. Hey, girl. Hey, Monica. Thanks so much for having me. 
Well, it's my great pleasure and it's my honor to have you with us. And I, I'm just so happy that you're here and I'm happy that we have finally connected because like I've said, I've been following your career for quite a number of years and you are just such a, a beautiful soul inside and out. And, uh, you know, yeah. a lot of people focus on your physical beauty, obviously, but your soul is just so spectacular. And the fact that you've channeled all of this into the fights that matter um, is just huge. And that's why I wanted to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on. I think so highly of you. I've been following you for so many years now and um, admire you greatly. So thank you for having me on. Oh, that's very kind. My pleasure. Um, and, you know, Carrie, when I saw this horrific shooting in Nashville last <clears throat> week by a trans terrorist, and then I saw your social media, which, by the way, everybody should be following you. Can you tell us where you are on Instagram and Twitter before we get started? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I am on Instagram at Carrie Prejean Bowler. I'm super shadow banned, so you have to type in my full name. <laughs> and then you can also follow me at The Battle Cry. Um, underscore us and that is a new um, women's movement that we've started that is just blowing up and it's been incredible so you can follow me on both of those and then on twitter at carrie prejean um, underscore one Fantastic. All right. Yeah. And I do want to want to get into your work with the battle cry because it's so important. So, you know, I was following you on social media when the shooting took place. And then we we uh, got word that the shooter of these children in this Christian school and several adults as well was a trans terrorist looked at your social media. It was pure fire. And I said, Carrie is a perfect guest on this. So before we get to that, though, I want to fill everybody in on your story. You are a total California girl. You <laughs> became a national beauty queen. You're living your best life. How did you go from that to being one of our fiercest culture warriors? Tell us about your journey. Oh, my goodness. Well, I grew up in beautiful Southern California. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was eight years old, so that definitely shaped my my whole my whole world. Um, made me grow up really fast. Um, I knew good versus evil from a very young age. Um, I found myself in high school. I was a total tomboy athlete, and I a friend of mine said, "Hey, there's a pageant. Um, I don't know if you want to do it, but I think you'd be really good at it since you love competition and you know you." you're beautiful. And, um, so I think you should try it. And I said, Oh my gosh, is it, there's, is there scholarship opportunities? Because I didn't come from a lot of money. And, um, she said, yeah, absolutely. You can learn how to interview and it will help you with your future and it'll be amazing. And so I said, okay, let me do it. So I signed up and I ended up finding myself on stage at Miss USA as Miss California. Um, so I started in pageants late, late in life, really, um, as a teenager, I was 17 when I started. Um, so there I was at Miss USA and I got called into the top five and I felt like God was really preparing me to win this pageant. And, um, so my final question, I don't know if many of your listeners remember, but the gay judge press Hilton asked me, you know, Vermont just recently became the you know, fourth state to legalize same-sex marriage. Do you think other states should follow suit? Why or why not? And I couldn't believe, Monica, that that question was being asked. You know, I had mm -hmm. 30 seconds to answer. 
And I knew that it was just my defining moment. And I knew that God had prepared me for, for that moment. And I knew what I knew and I knew what I believed and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't cave. I couldn't do it. I felt like God was saying, you know, this is your moment, Carrie. Are you going to stand for what you know is true? Or are you going to cave for what's popular to win this thing, to become Miss USA for your own fleshly desires? And I just couldn't do it. And so I, I respectfully said, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. No offense to anybody out there, but that's the way I was raised. And that's how I think it should be between one man and one woman. And honestly, Monica, I had no idea what was going to come next. Um, the hatred and the attacks and the persecution that I faced, but it was all worth it because I knew that God had chosen me because he knew that I would be the one to stand in the fire and commit myself to truth. And so that was when I was 21, I'm 35 now. So uh, look how many years have passed. And I truly am still standing even, even more fierce and dedicated to truth now more than ever, now that I'm a mother and a wife. And, um, and that's really what I've dedicated my whole life to is standing on my biblical principles. You know, I said on Matt Lauer shortly after the pageant, when everybody wanted me to apologize and take back my answer and um, I told Matt Lauer, I said, I'd rather be biblically correct than politically correct. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that that's where I am right now in my life as a mother and as a wife and as a, as a, as a, you know, patriot of this country is I want to do the right thing according to God's word. And I don't care who I offend. I don't care if, you know, man is upset with me or tries to cancel me. I fear God more than I fear man. And I, I really want my message to, um, just touch other people and, and let them know that when you do the right thing and when you stand for, for truth and God's truth, he will bless you and reward you and, um, you know, just prepare you for the next battle and he will be with you every step of the way. So that's kind of my backstory, but, um, yeah, <laughs> Well, amen to that. And I think most of the audience does recall that moment and the expression on your face when you heard the question articulated, because obviously you don't get the questions ahead of time in these pageants. And, you know, as you're telling your story, I have chills. I have chills. I have a little tear in my eye listening to you recount this story. Um, and now I think it's even more appropriate that you're on during Holy Week on my show, Carrie, <laughs> because it's so, it's such an important message. You know, I, I've been watching The Chosen. I don't know if you've been yes. watching the, the series The Chosen. It's so beautiful. And the actor who plays Jesus, Jonathan Rumi, I follow him on Instagram. And over the weekend, Carrie, I, I was scrolling through and I settled on one of his little videos and he was talking about how the fact that... Hollywood is not coming to him with Marvel movies, right? Mm -hmm. Like his agent yes. is not going to Jonathan Rumi who's playing Jesus in this very successful series and saying, hey, look, you know, you're sensational. We want you in a blockbuster. We want you in the next Mission Impossible. Now, maybe they will do that um, in the future, but as of now, they're not. And he said exactly what you said, which is, I'd I'm, I'm here to serve God. I'm not mm -hmm. here to serve man with all of the earthly trappings of fame and money and notoriety yes. and not being canceled and being afraid to stand for his work. 
And it harkens back to, again, Holy Week, but the, the, the enemy tempting Jesus on the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you were recounting your story, I just, my mind kept flashing back to Jesus being tempted. And here you are on stage, you have a clear shot at becoming Miss USA in 2009. Mm-hmm. And you were fed a question on purpose. That was a test by God of you and your faith and your courage. And you passed it with flying colors. Oh, thank you. It was, it was very sad, Monica, honestly. And, you know, I was 21 years old and I just saw all my dreams of becoming Miss USA, just, you know, go up in flames. And it was, it was heartbreaking for me at at that time, being that young woman, you know, but I knew, I knew what the right thing was. And it's funny because if you look back at my, at my answer, you know, I kind of start with, cause they teach us, you know, in the pageants, how to be politically correct, you know, and they, they teach you how to kind of, how to be play both sides and not really give an answer and, you know, don't upset anybody, you know, since when does Miss USA have to be this, you know, politically correct, you know, brainless woman who just stands there and looks beautiful, you know? I looked at Miss USA as being a strong woman who is unafraid to boldly share her truth with the world and do it unapologetically. You know, we don't need to fit this mold as women, you know, just to look beautiful and not share who we are inside and what's in our brains and in our hearts. And so when I gave that answer, I automatically knew, I knew that I wasn't going to be Miss USA. Mm-hmm. And it, during the commercial break, I looked over at the, one of the g- girls next to me, I think it was miss, um, Arizona or something. And I said, I cannot believe that this just happened. Like, I can't believe it. And she said, Carrie, you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly, like I get choked up even now, like looking back, cause I have a daughter and I know like just just how much work that it put into that. Like it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Like, I don't want people listening to think like, you know, Oh, it was an easy choice. It wasn't an easy choice. It's never going to be an easy choice, but it's worth it. It's worth it because God, look at the platform I have now, Monica, who, who even, I mean, do you even know who Miss USA is? No, no. And I don't, <laughs> I don't mean that. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean that in a way of like showing people that when you, when you choose truth and when you choose God's word over man, he will honestly like prepare you and guide you and lead you where he wants you to go. And he will give you the biggest, best platform that you can ever imagine. I honestly, Monica, I feel like I've been Miss USA for the last 12 years. <laughs> and I joke. <laughs> yes. I joke. And, and really you have in many but ways. I, but I joke about it because it's like, I wanted to be Miss USA for what I'm doing now. I wanted to be Miss USA so I can have a platform and I can, I can be a voice to these young women and show them that you can be more than just a pretty face. And pretty is as pretty does. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to go out there in the world and share your faith and be unapologetic about it and be that role model that these young girls need. And so God gave me this beautiful platform in the last 13 years of my life that Miss USA could have never given me. 
Well, that's exactly right. God puts everybody exactly where they need to be at exactly the right time. But he also gives us tests. Carrie, please stand by. So much more to cover with you, but we've got to hit this quick break. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, we're back with Carrie Prejean Bowler. Did the other contestants on stage get like softball questions where they ask like, what's your favorite color? And then you oh. get the gay marriage question. Yeah. Can you believe that, Monica? I mean, I, I can. I look back now and I'm like, how did I end up with that judge? And you know what's funny, Monica, is I actually recently talked to that judge I talked to him. I had never talked to him. He called me the most vicious names. Oh, it was awful what, what he did to me, but I chose to forgive him because he, he's, he didn't know what he was doing at the time, you know? And I felt so bad for him because he was so lost and he was so hateful. And it's so interesting how the left wants to say we as Christians are hateful and intolerant. They are the most hateful and intolerant people. And as young as 21, I saw that. I saw that how, how the, how the left can be so vicious and so cruel towards anyone who disagrees with them. But fast forward to now, just, I think it was just six months ago, I had interacted with him on social media and we began messaging with each other. And I actually told him that I had forgiven him. And I asked him if he knew the Lord. And he said, no, I don't. He said, I, you know, wish I did. And I led him in this prayer of repentance and salvation. And I said, you know, you can turn away from this and that you don't have to live in this anymore. And he said, I am so sorry for what I did to you, Carrie. I'm so sorry. And I told him, Prez, it's okay. It's okay. I, I forgave you a long time ago you know, but how profound Monica, like wow. that God had used me in that moment 
to stand for truth. And then fast forward 13 years later, and I was able to, to lead this man into repentance. And I don't know where he is today, but just for that, that is so God, that is how God works. Like how awesome of a God we serve that he, you know, for 13 years, I didn't know why, why God me, why me? That's why. That, that is one of the many reasons why Carrie, one of the many Um, reasons why. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, you know, you went into that competition thinking, uh, I could win this and I will be Miss USA and I will have this tremendous platform. God had other ideas. It's like that old joke when you get up in the morning, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him what your plans yes. are for today. <laughs> right. Yes. And, I, you know, he clearly, God clearly was using you. It was a test. It was not comfortable. Nobody oh. likes to be uncomfortable or targeted publicly. And it's happened to all of us who stand yes. for truth in various ways that we've all been targeted. It's uncomfortable, but with some time and distance, you can see what God was doing in your life. And when you, you thought Miss USA is going to be your platform, he yes. gave you the pageant platform, but he took you to a different platform that is far more powerful. Yes, it was, it was so incredible to, to be used, honestly, to be used. And, and honestly, you want to know what I think? I think that God knew that I would say yes, because there's a lot of people that might've, you know, gone along with it and Mm -hmm. just said, you know what? I just want to be Miss USA. My flesh wants this. My pride wants this. My ego wants this because you know what? I really wanted it. (laughs) And I really wanted it because my heart was in the right place and I wanted it for the right reasons. But I know there's a lot of people that might've been in that situation that would have said, you know what? No, God, you know, I just, I really want this so bad. And, you know, test me another time, not now, you know? And I, I feel like God really spoke to me after. And he said, Carrie, I knew that not only would you stand for me, but that you would not ever waver in that stance and that you would no, no matter the pressure, because there was pressure, Monica, there was tremendous pressure. I ended up losing my crown as Miss California. And that was really hard. Mm-hmm. And, and I was willing to lose it all. And I think that's where we're at now where people that are listening can, I really want to challenge them. What are you willing to lose? What are that you is, to lose? that's the question, Carrie. Yeah. And again, I'm so glad you're here for a Holy week. It's also Passover week. Mm-hmm. So we're really, you know, people of all faiths are really focused on this this week. Yes. And, you know, you think about the story of Jesus and he asks, you know, you give up everything, follow me, give up every, all mm-hmm. of your worldly good. And it, especially in this secular society, how hard that is because this society, I want everybody to, to really understand and, and absorb what Carrie gave up here. This society um, values youth. It values uh, fame. It values money and it values beauty. And mm. Carrie had all of those things and was well on her way to more. And God said, will you follow me? And in that moment, I mean, we all have quiet moments where we feel tested or under stress. Carrie had to do it on national television in front of the entire world. She had to make that choice. That is unbelievable, Carrie. And the fact that you stood in your faith and stood with God in the face of all of that is a huge testament to who you are. Mm, Thank you so much. I give God all the glory, but thank you. 
Well, amen. Amen. That's why I wanted you to share your story before we get into what's going on today in your fights, because you, you got to understand where Carrie is coming from. And the fact that she hasn't in that moment, she didn't falter, but she also hasn't faltered in the years since, even when so much was taken away from her. Um, you're just so inspirational, Carrie. Um, let's talk about you know, when you had children of your own, did that also change you and your view of the culture? Obviously, you had had this crucible moment, um, but then you went on to, to marry, and he's a former NFL star, um, mm -hmm. and then you have these two beautiful children. Did that change you and, your, and, and also kind of put your view of what was happening in our culture on steroids? Uh, yeah, so, you know, the pageant... I was 21 at Miss USA. And then shortly at just three months later, I ended up meeting my husband um, at the horse races and he um, came right up to me. And it was like, it was amazing. I mean, he's tall, good looking. And I thought, oh my goodness, like this is <laughs> too good to be true. I was sitting there with my parents and this gorgeous man walks in with two of his football buddies, Aaron Rodgers and another um quarterback in the league. And I thought I died and went to heaven, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, God knew what he was doing when he sent you Kyle. <laughs> yes. I was sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, like, how am I ever going to meet anybody now? You know, like what's going to happen in my life? You know, it was, it was at the peak of the attacks and just the viciousness, but there was also so much good, you know, so many people that came out and said, I support you. And thank you so much for standing up for what you believe in. And, you know, Monica, I was really one of the first to be sort of canceled because that was prior to, you know, Donald Trump. It was prior to all of this political correctness that we're seeing now and people that are canceled. And um, so I was, you know, I was timid and I was thinking, how am I ever going to find someone, you know, in this crazy world that we're living in and who's, you know, I, I felt like I was a liability in a way, like who's going to want to, who's going to want to be with me, you know? And so my husband walked in and he walked right up to me and we began talking and he said, I want you to know something. I watched you that night. And he said, I have so much respect for you for what you said. And he said, I called my mom and I said, I want to meet that girl. Mm. And it's just like, I almost, I almost, you know, burst down tears, but I didn't want him to think I was <laughs> crazy woman. <laughs> but I said, oh my goodness. I said, I thank you so much. And we, we just began talking and within 10 minutes, Monica, I'm not even kidding you. We were holding hands. We were like planning out our future. We, it was just love at first sight. It was so incredible. Like to see God, how he just brought Kyle into my life. And he knew that I needed a strong man to, to be my protector and my provider and, um, just be that man that I needed him to be. And so, you know, we shortly after six months later, got engaged six months later, got married and literally like pretty much on our honeymoon got pregnant. And so we just knew we wanted a family. We wanted to start quickly. And so we had our daughter, Grace and, um, you know, obviously becoming a mother, especially at a young age, you know, shortly after the pageant, I still was, you know, had my values and I knew what I knew. And so I wanted to raise my daughter in um, just truth. And I wanted to raise her to be this strong little girl 
that never wavered, never backed down, always knew what she stood for, always knew her biblical, you know, principles and foundations. And so, you know, from a, from my daughter being so young and then shortly after having my son, you know, we wanted to raise them in this Christian home. And so we, uh, we weren't really sure what schools to choose. And we ended up choosing a public school, but Monica, I mean, I found out very quickly how vicious and how just demonic that this, this world that we're living in and how they want your children. I mean, they Mm -hmm. literally want to take over your children. I mean, I remember my daughter was just in kindergarten. They wanted her to do yoga, Hindu yoga for PE. Mm. Yeah. They wanted her Mm -hmm. to pray to the sun gods during PE when she was in kindergarten. I mean, it started so young. And I remember this, this feeling in my spirit thinking, this is not okay. This is how they get our kids. This is how they brainwash our kids at a young age to denounce their faith, to question their faith and to say, oh, you know, we have this other alternative for you. And so, you know, typical me, I had to stand up against that. And so I went to the school and I said, absolutely not. Will my daughter and my son do Hindu yoga PE? Absolutely not. And so that was just the beginning. We ended up pulling our kids out of, out of the public school and now we're homeschooling, honestly. And And it's so sad that that's where we are as a country because our kids used to learn biblical principles in school. And ever since they removed God, that's when our country went down the drain, Monica. And it's so sad to see what's happening now to our kids. It's a, it's a demonic spirit that is over our nation right now. And it started when we kicked God out. And so I'm dedicated to, you know, and, and, you know, you look at the mask stuff during COVID and them wanting to mask our kids and, inject our kids. And I just, I never, ever wavered from my stance on that. I said, absolutely not. Will you put a mask on my children? Absolutely not. Will you, you know, try to indoctrinate them with your, with your leftist agenda. And so I stood up just like I did when I was 21 years old and I'm still standing, I'm still fighting against this evil that is trying to, um, just wreak havoc on our nation and and really take over our children because that's, that's what Satan hates the most is he hates our children. And he knows that if he can indoctrinate our children and if he can brainwash them, and if he can, if he can take them over, um, at a young age, he knows they have them, he has them for life. And so that's really what I'm dedicated to now. It's really, I'm glad you put it in those terms. It's really, um, this is a spiritual war. I say it all the, the time on this show. Um, And between Christmas and New Year's, actually on this show, I did three separate special shows with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, who's a Messianic rabbi. And he wrote a book called The Return of the Gods. Oh, The Return of the Gods. I'm reading it right now, Monica. Oh, fantastic. Well, I did, uh, you know, three separate hours with him. Oh. Um, And I'll send you those shows, Carrie, so that you can listen to them. And that point is exactly the point that he makes, that in the 1960s, when we began throwing God out of the public square, out of uh, schools and so on, we created this void for dark forces, demonic forces to come back into the country. And the country begins to lose the hand of God, God's protection. And one of those dark spirits is, of course, Moloch. And it's it's all about, you know, child sacrifice, bringing bringing whether it's abortion, 
or what we're seeing now with the sexualization of our kids, it's all a form of sacrifice to a very, very dark force. It's demonic and it's here. And, you know, every, every direction you look in, Carrie, it's, it's everywhere. And what this assault on our children, it comes in so many forms, the obvious form of like drag shows for children. By the way, what kind of parent would bring a small child, four, five, six, eight years old to a sexualized drag show? I cannot for the life of me understand what kind of parent does that. Yeah. It's, it's evil. It's absolutely evil. And they are, they are under, and I, I don't say this lightly, but they are under the demonic, um, spell. I, I, I think that's what it is. It's like this demonic force, this demonic spell. I don't know if you know of the, of the goddess Ishtar. Are you familiar with her? Yes. It's, it's that it's that it's that demonic spirit that says men can be women when women can be men. And let's celebrate that. Let's not only celebrate it, but let's have our kids celebrate it. It's so demonic and we need to start telling it like it is. That's what it is. And it's the spirit that's over our nation right now that is just wreaking havoc. And, and I don't know if you've looked into this Ishtar. Um, she was the goddess of love and fertility and death and sexuality. She was like a man and a woman. Um, she was really, she really is the one I think that is wreaking havoc right now over our nation. And just this, this demonic spirit of like, you know, yeah, you can be a boy and you can just become a boy and you can, you know, today you can be a boy and maybe tomorrow you're a girl. And you know what, with, with removing boundaries, Monica, it's so dangerous as a nation to say, you can become this. No, you cannot become that. I say very boldly on my page all the time, transgenderism is not even a real thing. You, you cannot transition your gender. You cannot. It's a fake word that I will never, ever use because I will not take on their fake language. It's all based on lies. It's based on lies and it's, it, it, it is based on a demonic force that is telling them that yes, you can, you can choose your gender. Gender is just this fluid thing. And we as Christians have to start saying it like it is. It's a demonic force. We have to start praying against it. I think that's why we've been losing Monica is we, we haven't known our enemy. And so how do you beat the enemy if you don't know who the enemy is? And I think Satan uses these, these demons to be his little puppets and so we have to, we have to really start knowing our history. We have to start learning this stuff and really pray against it. And I want to call on all the churches. Where the heck have the churches been? While this demon has been wreaking havoc on our nation and the churches are completely silent, just like they were in the 1930s in Nazi Germany. I am so disappointed in the Christian church. I know there's some that are speaking out, but we as a Christian, you know, church need to start boldly and unapologetically start speaking truth without being afraid of being canceled and being called names. We have to get over that. I mean, look what's happening. We, I mean, this, this is now, it's, it's now becoming death and destruction. It used to be an ideology and now it's completely death and destruction and everybody's celebrating it. Carrie, I'm going to ask you to stand by again, because we are just scratching the surface 
of this deep dive into spiritual issues and cultural issues. They're all one and the same. So please hang tight. First though, guys, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the different uh, forms of assault that we are facing, and the economic one is a big one too. You've all heard me talk about birch gold for a while now, and now is the time to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending and this crazy inflation, long-term bonds have diminished in value crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never been more important. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. And this is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. So now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it so easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Monica to 989-898 to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals gold, and silver. And the best part, it's tax sheltered. Text Monica to 989-898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Monica to 989-898 today. We're coming right back. We're back with Carrie Prejean Bowler. You know, in every direction you look at, the inmates are running the asylum. Yeah. Or in the spiritual language, the demons are running everything. And your point about the churches is so critical. Everything in this country, and really across the West, has been shot through with politics. Politics is everywhere. It infuses everything. You cannot watch a football game. I'm sure Kyle pulls his yeah. hair out um, oh, over yeah. Colin Kaepernick and everything else, but you you can't watch the Academy Awards. You can't watch a football game. You can't have any escape. Sitcoms, etc. every direction, every institution has been shot through with corruption and with politics. So there really is no escape. And that also includes a lot of these churches. They're mm-hmm. not focused on saving souls. They're focused on on not being canceled, not getting any negative headlines, yes. and making sure that they're politically correct. And that Ugh. is extremely dangerous. You're exactly right. And don't, I mean, don't they realize that we have a, we have a country to save? Like, I, this is what makes me so in, infuriating with these pastors. And I know a lot of them, and I, I have conversations with them a lot. And honestly, I had one the other day with this well-known pastor, And I said, I asked him, I said, have you read Return of the Gods? And he said, no. And I said, okay, you need to get your hands on that. And, you know, I, I, I told him, I said, what is your role? If I called every church right now in, in my area and said, I, hi, I'd like to speak to your exorcist. I need you to exercise a demon out of, you know, this person. I think they would laugh at me. (laughs) I think they would, (laughs) but it's like, why are we not, why are we not calling on the church? 
to go to leave their walls of Mm -hmm. preaching choir and go into the dark places, go into the sex change clinics, go into the abortion clinics, go into the world and start preaching the gospel and saving these people from their sins, because that's, that's what needs to happen. And a lot of these pastors, they say, oh, you know, we want to do it with love and compassion. I'm sorry, my Jesus, my Jesus comes in on a horse that is like going to save his people and take his people who have stood for him. He is coming in like a fierce warrior. He is not this fluffy Jesus that is like, Oh, you know, love and compassion. No, he wants to save people from their sins because he knows that the other side, he knows there is a hell for, you know, eternal, you know, burning that, that these people are going to be facing if they don't turn from their sin and follow him. And so this is a matter of life and death. This, we, we don't have time to play patty cake with the devil. You know, I think a lot of these churches, they're playing patty cake and they're, they're saying, we just want to be loving and tolerant. No, my Jesus comes in and saves people from their sins because he knows the other side. And so I think if pastors start realizing that this is a matter of souls here, like stop worrying about the number of people in your pews and your budgets and, you know, oh, if you're going to meet your quota this month. No, I'd rather, I'd rather go to a church that has less people and more people that are fired up for him and fired up for truth than a bunch of people who are lukewarm, who just want to play patty cake with the devil. So I honestly, I am really disappointed in so many of these churches that call themselves Christians that don't want to stand for truth. And they just want to, they just want to play this fluffy, you know, Christianity. And, and I, I have no time for that. And I think a lot of people are realizing that this is, you know, we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing this wickedness in, in our nation and our rulers in the people who are in power. And so we, as a Christian church have to really ask ourselves, do we really call ourselves Christians? Cause if we do, we have a role to play in this and we have a duty as Christians to fight evil. And yes. I think a lot of Christians get uncomfortable with that. They just want what's comfortable. Right. They just want to roll into church on Sunday in their, and their feel finery good. and feel yeah. good and yeah. you see their neighbors in hugs and then go back to their regular life. But we're in a moment where we are called for a moment like this as true yeah. believers. And you're either going to take, take it up take up the fight as you are. And hopefully that I am, um, or you're not, and you're yeah. going to be judged for that someday. You know, it's interesting because my first boss was former president Richard Nixon. I worked with him during the last years of his life, not when he was president, was not born then. Um, but I worked with him in the last couple of years of his life in the mid 1990s. I was fresh out of college And, you know, we often talked about the spiritual nature of this battle and the war for the future of this country, and this country is God-ordained. And he used to tell me the story about how he was very close friends with the Reverend Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. And Billy Graham was at his height in the 50s, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, um, really doing these evangelical tent revivals and so on. And Nixon was very close to Billy Graham. And when Nixon was running for president, uh, I think the 1960 race, not 68, I think it was 1960. But anyway, 
Billy Graham came to him and said, you know, Dick, I'm, I'm your very good friend and I would love to endorse you and I will get all the evangelicals to come out and vote for you. And Nixon, of course, would have loved a public endorsement from Billy Graham, would have loved it. Obviously, that would have been like political jet fuel for Nixon's campaign. Yeah. But Nixon thought about it and he went back to Billy Graham and he said, Billy, I really appreciate this offer. It means the world to me. God bless you for even saying this or, or thinking it, wanting to do it. But your job is to save souls. Yes. My job is to save America. And I don't want those two missions to, to uh, blend. And I don't want you to lose your spiritual power and credibility by endorsing me or frankly, any political candidate. So wow. you hold your spiritual fire for souls, right? And now I think, Carrie, it's all gotten so messed up and it's gotten so infiltrated with satanic forces that these yeah. churches and so many of these preachers, they're political, they're, yeah. they're into their earthly stuff and they're not focused on the mission at hand. And if I, I'm sorry, if you're a pastor or somebody in one of these churches and you're not doing the work that Carrie and I are talking about, right now, then get out, go into the secular world and do yes. something else. Yeah. Because what, what good is it to preach to the choir? What good is that? You know, why aren't these pastors showing up at these city council meetings? You know, we had a city council meeting here in San Diego because a man was in a locker room with a young girl who had to hide in the shower at the YMCA because a dude was naked with his penis out, exposing himself to a minor. Why weren't the pastors showing up? I called on four churches in that area. I called on four churches for the pastors to show up to that. Guess how many showed up? Not okay. even one, not mm. even one. Shame on them. Yeah. That is their Sunday sermon right there. That is their Sunday sermon. They should be showing up to these places. They need to get outside the walls of their church and start saving souls because the people in their church, they're already saved, most of them. They need to start going to the abortion clinics. They need to start going to these sex change clinics. They need to start going into the streets and get a little uncomfortable because that's what they're called to do as pastors. I don't know. Well, if you and that, that's also what Jesus did with the exactly. tax collectors and the prostitutes and the lepers and all of those who were ostracized from society. Yes. He went to them and he said, look, the believers don't yeah. need me. <laughs> yeah. These people need me. Yeah. So if you're, you know, if you believe, then what are you doing? Put your money yeah. where your mouth is, but there's so much cowardice because so the social cowardice. pressure is so huge. And I love Eric Metaxas's new book. It's called letter to the American church. And I I've been reading it and it is so fascinating to me to see how, what we're seeing now is so similar to what happened in Nazi Germany how the churches would tell their choirs to sing louder, sing louder. So that way they couldn't hear the cries of the Jews on the, on the box car, in the box cars going by. And that's what we're seeing is we're seeing a church that is so weak, that is so afraid to stand in the face of evil and to fight evil. But we as Christians, we have a duty that is, that is our call. And, and I hate when these pastors say, well, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of you, Carrie, for fighting the good fight. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, you're just called that this is your calling. This is all of our calling. 
as Christians, when we become Christians, we take on that calling to, to fight evil, to save souls, to say, this is what's going on in our country and, and use me, God, use me. You know, we're, we're all called to do this. And I, and I just can't stand it when these pastors just hide behind, you know, these giants like you and, and so many other giants that are speaking out boldly, you know, that are doing more of a, of a pastoral job than these own pastors are, you know, of, 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 of showing people, Hey, this is what's going on. This is demonic. Why are pastors not saying this? It's Why are really, pastors? yeah, they're, it's they're such patty cake with the devil. Yeah. And it's such a display of cowardice. I mean, when yes. you become a pastor, you, you got to have the courage of literally your convictions. And then just so many of them don't, you know, especially when it comes to targeting of our children, because the targeting of our children, obviously, this is as old as, you know, the beginning of time, child sacrifice and so on. But in modern times, this is as old as a communist playbook, which is get them young and you'll have foot soldiers for the rest of their lives. That's not just ideological, but it is also spiritual. And then when you add to that, Carrie, confuse children, distract them, mutilate them, and now you've ruined future American generations for a very long period of time. That targeting of children, you know, it's one thing if you're a pastor and you don't want to get into, I don't know, critical race theory or something like that, but don't they have a special obligation to stand up for the little ones like Jesus yes. did? Yes, yes. And so I've been calling them out. I've been calling them out in, in a loving way, but just saying, Hey, you got to start getting outside of your, your four walls at your church. You got to start going into the world and preaching the gospel and saving souls and fighting evil on the battlefield, because we are at war. We are at war and it's getting worse every single day. And you know what, Monica, if we don't get the church involved, we will lose. We will lose. Yes. Yes. If the church doesn't get involved, we will lose this war and it will not be good for our kids and it will be devastating. And I think God gives us a free will. You know, he, he really does. He says, I can't save you guys. You got to save yourself. You know, I give you a free will. You got to choose me. Do you, do you really choose me? Do you really call yourself a Christian? Are you really a Christian? Because it's more than just saying you're a Christian. It's what you do. It's how you live your life. And it's, it's being unafraid to share truth with people unapologetically without. And, and you know what, Monica, I hate when these people say, oh, well, you know, it's just so scary. How do you do it, Carrie? You know, how do you, how do you say these things, you know, and how do you, how are you not afraid? How am I not afraid? I fear God more than I fear man. I mean, I think that's where we're at is like, do people really fear God? Do people really believe his word and really believe that the Bible is true? Because if they do, they'd be on the front lines fighting evil. And this might sound harsh, but that's the way I see it. If you really call yourself a Christian, you need to start, you need to start acting like it. You need to start fighting evil because these children are, are being literally devoured right now. Our children are being devoured by this evil ideology. And I call it a cult. It's this, this gender ideology is a complete cult. 
it's a religion. And as Christians, we have to really start asking ourselves, if we really call ourselves Christians, what are we doing about it? Because it's not good enough just to say I'm a Christian anymore. Okay, so much more to do, Carrie. So I'm going to ask you to please hang tight and we will be back right after this. And we are back now with our concluding moments with the great Carrie Prejean Bowler. The fact that we're allowing children to be weaponized, it also on the ground is cultural Marxism. So we've got economic Marxism going Mm -hmm. on in the transformation of our economy, but we also have cultural Marxism and it comes in the form of targeting of children with these sexualized everything, the whole agenda, trans, drag shows, all of that, Um, CRT, it's coming in a lot of different forms. And what is Marxism? Marxism is godless. Marxism is about banning God. And every communist country has done this. They banned God, drove the churches underground, but they banned God because you're supposed to worship the state. The state is your God. And that those are the forces that we're facing. And at base, of course, this is a a totally satanic movement, but you got to understand the different layers coming at us here. And especially for our children, Um, you know, when you saw the shooter in Nashville, um, who was a trans kid or whatever, obviously being treated for mental illness, had a whole arsenal at home. Um, You know, the enemy really saw a soft target with this person and, and used him to carry this out. The White House is saying our hearts are with the trans community, not with the victims and their families. This also took place in a Christian school. So this is a Christian hate crime. Yes. If that doesn't wake people up to the fact that this is a spiritual war, what will? You're exactly right, Monica. I cried so much that day because I it hits so home. It, it hits home to me. I have a 10 year old little boy and I have a 11 year old little girl and, um, I homeschool them, but they go two days a week to this little tiny little Christian school. And I thought to myself, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This happened at a Christian school. This, the pastor was, you know, was targeted. His daughter was murdered and and life just goes on. It's so sad to me that that Christians are are not calling it out. I, I'm so thankful that you're you're speaking the truth. This is a anti-Christian evil hate crime. And could you imagine, Monica, if it was a MAGA wearing, you know, MAGA hat wearing Christian that walked into it, like let's say a trans, you know, a, a, a building with trans people. You know, could you imagine what the rhetoric would be if it was, if it was that, you know, if, if that's what the killer was, it would be nonstop. It would be nonstop coverage of it would, it would be a hate crime. And yet we're not even seeing those words being displayed. We're not even, nobody's saying that this is a hate crime. Nobody. It is so sad. It is so sad what, what, what's going on in our nation that Christians are being attacked. And you know what's so sad about it is that every other religion is protected. Every other religion is protected. You know, you see, you know, anti-Semitic and you see, you know, people say, oh, don't be Islamophobic. And Well, what is the word? 
for people that hate Christians? What is that word? Is it Christian phobic? Is it, you know, anti-Christianity? Is it, is it Christianity hatred? What is it? Because that's what we're seeing. And, and as, as a nation, we, we're not, we cannot be okay with this. Right. We, we cannot sit back and say, Christians are allowed to be attacked. We have to start fighting back and calling it like it is. This is a hate crime. And those poor, poor mothers who lost their beautiful little children, they're innocent children, they're good children. But you know what it is, Monica? It's, it's Satan hates Christianity so much. And he hates everyone that, that loves the Lord. He hates everyone that is good, that is pure, that is innocent, because he knows that if more people become Christians, that's how we win. We win by, Christ, by Christians, by more of us, you know? And what we're seeing is Christians are too afraid. They're too afraid. They're weak. They're afraid to t- call it like it is. They're afraid to say the truth because they don't want to be canceled. That's the world we're living in. Christ- well, that's right. And they're also not organized. So you say, you say there's what's the word for anti-Christian hatred and violence, right? And that word doesn't exist because Christians by and large are not organized. So you have a lot of movement in the Jewish faith to fight back against anti-Semitism, which is a huge problem. Yeah, right. The Islamic community is well plugged in in the the political community. So they've got backup um, on Capitol Hill and in politics. But Christians are not organized, right? We're like, we're like a hot mess out there, Carrie. And how sad is that? How sad is that? And I have so many Jewish friends and they tell me, Carrie, your religion is the only religion that's allowed to be hated. It's allowed to be hated. Why is that? Why is that? Like, so we need, we need more organization, don't we? And we need more. We need the church. um, We need the church. Right. We need the church to stand up and rise up. We need these institutions to do it because you and I, we're out here telling the truth, but it's, you know, you're one girl, I'm one girl. There's only so much we can do. And the show has a lot of power in what we're doing here today, but we've got to have institutional backup and we just don't. We don't. And this is a big wake up call. I want to know how many pastors that you know that actually spoke out against this trans killer that happened the other day. I want to know how many pastors, because I've, I've done some digging and I've looked at other, you know, pastor social medias and things like that. I found maybe one, one that was willing to even speak out against this. this and then is, you've got the White House and the culture like Madonna yeah. and Miley Cyrus doing concerts for the trans community, such as it is, and not for the victims. So the entire weight of the culture is in the other direction. (laughs) You're exactly right. So how do we win if that happens? So what, in our final minutes here, Carrie, how do we win? I mean, how do we fight back against this? We fight back by knowing your history. People need to start doing a deep dive into history. They need to start knowing where this whole ideology came from. Okay. It's based on on, um, you know, these, these it's, it's demonic. First of all, if you go back thousands and thousands of years, it's, it's demonic. But second of all, there's a man named John money. Do you know who Dr. Money is? I don't. 
Okay. So Dr. Money was one of the first um, doctors who, do you remember the Reimer twins? They were the two boys that um, one was, uh, went in for, to be circumcised. They both went in to be circumcised and one had a botched job. And so his parents didn't know what to do. And so he, they went to John Money and John Money said, oh, I know the answer. Let's just raise him as a, as a girl. So we're just going to raise him as a girl and have him wear dresses. And, you know, how you raise him is how he's going to turn out. So if you raise him as a girl, he's going to be a girl. Well, guess what happened? They raised him as a girl. And one day, because of this Dr. Money, and one day, this boy who did, you know, was not a girl, but knew he was a boy, he wanted to commit suicide. He went up to the building at D Dr. John Money's office and was going to jump off the building because he, he knew that he didn't feel right in this body. But his parents were trying to raise him to be this little girl. And he wasn't a girl. And so we have base. And so fast forward a few years later, he ends up going back to being a boy. Him and his brother both end up killing themselves. These are the Reimer twins. Look them up if you're listening. They both end up killing themselves. And Dr. Money is literally the founder of this whole gender ideology because he told people that this was a success, that, that however you want to, if you want to raise your little boy, a girl, just raise him a little girl and he's going to be a girl. Absolutely not. It was based on lies and it was based on fraud. And these two boys ended up committing suicide. And we now as a nation have based our science and our data off of lies of Dr. Money and, and men like Alfred Kinsey, who are predators and pedophiles who have, who have based this gender ideology off of child abuse and torture and lies. And, and we're seeing now, if you look at these cases of these people who have quote unquote transitioned, they're not living good lives. Many of them have harmed themselves, committed suicide. This is not good for our kids to, to be pushed, to be, you know, this gender ideology cult being shoved down their throats. This is, this is, this is harming them. Why are we not looking at it like that? Why are we not seeing that the roots of this gender ideology is, is based on two boys committing suicide because this whole idea that you could just pick your gender and, you know, nature versus nurture, you know, this idea that you can just be raised as a girl if you're a boy and you're going to be a girl. No, no, he knew, he knew he was not a girl. He knew he was a boy and he ended up killing himself because of it. And lives were destroyed based on these lies. And so we have to start knowing our history, back to your question of how we win, knowing our history, exposing evil, fighting evil, not only with praying against evil, but doing something about it, getting on the front lines and stop being afraid of being canceled. Stop being afraid of being called names. Start having the fear of God in you. That's what I do every day. I fear God more than I fear man. And so I ask myself every day, God, is this pleasing to you? And I want to please you today. I want to honor your word. I want to obey you. We have to start asking ourselves, do we want to obey God or obey man? Because we're going to lose. We are going to lose if good people stay silent in the face of evil. I 100% agree. And if you are a believer, then you know you're going to have to answer for your life in this world. And you're not going to answer to Joe Biden 
and you're not no. going to answer to Colin Kaepernick. You're going to answer to God mm-hmm. and you better have an answer ready <laughs> and you better have, you better have a track record in your life here to, to present to him um, or it's, it's not going to be good. And right now I think we're really letting him down. I mean, at, at some point too, Carrie, you know, I always think as a believer, at what point does God put his foot down? And yeah. I don't know what form that takes, but yes. when you look at the Bible and you see Sodom and Gomorrah, God puts his foot down. He put, he does put his foot down yeah. now and again, and it's a painful experience for us. Yeah, we've kicked him out. We've kicked right. him out completely. We've kicked him and out at of what our point school. does he say enough? You know, he allows things to happen for yeah. a reason. Yeah. And sometimes that's unknowable to us as human beings, but he allows stuff to happen. But at some point he puts an end to it and uh, we better be on the right side of it here. Um, before we let you go, Carrie, can you tell us about the battle cry? Yes. So we, me and two other um, amazing, strong women have started Um, this organization called the battle cry. And we just felt like there was such a need, Monica, there was such a need for just this united front and this united message. And really it was, it was birthed not too long ago, just a few months ago, actually. And it was birthed on the idea that women are completely being erased. And we, as Christian women, you know, we're sitting back and we were seeing just this gender ideology cult being just taken over, you know, just this, this madness happening in front of our eyes. And we just couldn't sit back any longer. And so we said, you know what, we want to start an organization that is so bold and courageous and speaks truth without fear, just in your face, telling it like it is just boldly speaking truth in love, but, but not backing down from it. You know, you see a lot of these these people that have these platforms and I love what they're doing. But I think that we, as a, as a, as a country, we don't have this united front, this united message. And so I wanted to create this, this organization that says, okay, there's four things. There's the war on men, the war on women, the war on children and the war on truth. Let's, let's really make it, you know, very simple for people. And what are those four things? War on men, war on women, war on children, war on truth. And how can we combat this? How can we fight against this and win? And so we're giving people tools like, you know, call to actions on what they can do. I'm tired of sitting back and seeing men take over. And, and, and there's just, you know, we just accept it. We just accept that men are just eliminating women in real time. And women are just, we're okay with it, right? We're, we're just totally okay with it. And so it's not good enough anymore to just have your, you know, to have your own beliefs and just keep them to yourself. We have to start boldly, loudly fighting back against this evil. And to your question, how we win, that's how we win. And so the battle cry was based on those four principles, the war on women, the war on men, the war on children, the war on truth. And we give people tools on how to win those wars. And so if you can join us, we'd love to have you Um, get ready because we do not back down and we speak truth. And we um, do it boldly and unapologetically. So we'd love to have you join us in that. Where can we find it? On the web? Yes, you can find it um, on um, Instagram. We are um, the battle cry underscore US. And you can follow us there. Um, we have not been shadow banned yet. Thank God. Um, we will continue to speak truth until we get shut down. And then we will fight back even if we get shut down. <laughs> But um, yeah, join us because we are 
on a mission. We have, we have our kids to save. We have a country to save and we have souls to save. So we'd love to have you join us in this fight and start boldly speaking out against this uh, demonic force that is just taking over our nation. It's just such an important uh, mission. And I'm going to follow you on Instagram as soon as we hang up here, Carrie. And I'm yes. just remiss in not following you already. I mean, I'm following you personally, but everybody follow the battle cry underscore US on Instagram um, and get involved however you can, because really there's, there's no, there's nothing more important here. We talk a lot about politics on this show, but as Andrew Breitbart once said, politics is downstream from culture. Culture is really, and, and faith is such a critical part of it. It's the center of the culture. Everything flows from that. So there really is no more important work. And Carrie, your work is so important. And the fact that you've put your money where your mouth is, stood for God, stood in your faith, stood your ground all of these years from that moment where God puts you in the crucible, it's Mm. just so inspirational. And it gives everybody the strength to continue these fights. Mm. Thank you so much. You as well. Thank you for fighting the good fight. Thank you for being on the battlefield with me. (laughs) always Carrie always this is such an important conversation for all of us and I want to thank you so much for having it with us Carrie I mean really you're you're extraordinary so I I hope you'll come back yes I will anytime thank you for having me it was so so good talking with you oh it was my honor and it's such a blessing Carrie Prajan Bowler thank you and God bless you God bless you Okay, guys, that was a really important show. And I did want to do the entire show with Carrie because once the conversation got started, there was no way to to end it. I mean, these issues just are so important. They are central to everything. And I always talk about this and it remains true. It is, this is a spiritual battle and you got to understand the tent pole holding all of this up. We could talk about elections and election integrity, and we will continue to do that. And we'll talk about all the issues coming our way, but never put faith in any singular politician, not Donald Trump, not Ron DeSantis, not not any of them. Put your faith in him above and then take on the good fight to fight on his behalf on earth. That's what we need to be doing. And that's why I wanted to spend so much time with Carrie today, because that conversation just took off. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me, for checking out our great sponsors too. And we've got a close eye on this Donald Trump arraignment happening in New York City tomorrow. And then on Wednesday's show, it is going to be a wall-to-wall coverage. We're going to break apart all of this, likely in a lot of ways that you may not have heard before. And that's why you come to this show. So grateful to you guys. Have a fantastic start to your week, and I will see you right back here on Wednesday.